Happy Easter and good morning, Covenant Network. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright. Happy to be with you for the next hour on this Wednesday, April 20th. And I believe the April showers are here. And I was surprised last night. I was laying in bed and I heard the rain and I said, is it raining? And then this morning it happened again early in the hours of the morning. And I said, it's raining again? And even coming into work today, I said, it's raining. And then I realized it's April. That's, you know, what we expect in April. As I tell the kids, April showers. As my father told me, April showers. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I hope your Easter is off to a great start. I hope Easter Sunday was fantastic, and your celebrations with family and or friends over the weekend was a a fun and blessed one. I hope that your sacred Paschal Triduum was very prayerful, I know we were uh, happy to spend the time together as a family, a little chaotic, uh, going to Mass with most of our kids. It it was their bedtime when we were at Mass, and then coming home, they were just kind of a mess. But, you know, Holy Thursday, we made it through, and it was beautiful and had some very wonderful moments together as a family. And then for the Easter Vigil, it was one of those days that, you know, I tell you all the time about the importance of planning out the day, having that plan sticking to it, being disciplined so that you can attend to what's important. You've heard me talk about the backpack routine. You've heard me talk about lining the shoes up by the couch so we're ready to go out the door. Well, Holy Saturday, we had this whole plan, and we did not stick to it. We were not disciplined, and no one took a nap, myself included. We we all needed to take a nap. And then we said, but we were going to go to the Easter Vigil, but now the kids are really tired, and they're past their, you know, their limit, and the options were, because we had planned everything around going to the Easter Vigil, The options were go to the Easter Vigil with overtired kids, go to 6.30 a.m. Mass and be on time for our Easter Sunday family brunch, or go to a later Mass and be late or miss the brunch entirely, which choosing between Mass and brunch, we would choose Mass. Uh, So we said, you know what, let's just do it. Let's go to the Easter Vigil. And actually, we were really glad that we did. It was a wonderful time. Three of the five kids even stayed awake through the, uh, the entire thing. Now, one of those three fell asleep as soon as we got in the car. But that's the kind of thing, you know, we made memories. I wish I had more time to go into them, but we made memories by committing to say, we are going to do these things. And we put our faith first, and it was hard. It was difficult. As a parent, I didn't want to do it, but we did, and I'm glad we did, and there was fruit that came from it. On the show today, we are going to hear from Patty Schneier about the joy of Easter as we continue to celebrate the octave. And then this coming Sunday, you know, as we told you last week, the Divine Mercy Novena started on Good Friday. It continues through Sunday. I know there are a lot of Divine Mercy happenings all over our listening area, so be sure to check those out. Uh, Check your parish bulletin. Check your local parish uh, around you. Check the parishes around you. See if they've got something going on. But what is divine mercy, and why do we put so much emphasis on this? Well, Mike Roberts has some good reminders for us. Not just the weather today, but he'll actually be in studio with us to talk about divine mercy. And so 
that is going to be a great gift for us on the show. Have you started the novena, by the way? If not, you're not too late. You can start today. We pray those prayers every day at 3 p.m. when we pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy here on our airwaves. So uh, let's first go to the weather report with Mike Roberts, and then we'll come back and have some roadmap to heaven for you. Today is the feast day of St. Agnes of Montepulciano. Born in Italy in 1268, she came from a family of nobles and from a young age had a deep devotion to the Lord. At the age of nine, she asked her parents for permission to join a local order known as the Sisters of the Sack because of their humble religious habits. But it took special permission from the Pope because she was so young and that permission was granted. In 1281, she was sent with several other sisters to found a new monastery and there at the age of just 14 was given control of their finances. Agnes was known for her great love of the Blessed Sacrament, which combined with her many leadership skills, led her to being named Abbess when she was just 20 years old. Before long, Agnes also gained a reputation for miracles. Although her own health was always a struggle, Agnes healed many who had mental and physical ailments. On several occasions, she multiplied loaves of bread and fish. She also had visions, and in one was told to build a church in honor of the Blessed Mother, which she did overseeing the construction of Santa Maria Novella in Florence. After having visions of St. Dominic Guzman, she instructed her order to follow the rule of St. Augustine. She died on this day in 1317. St. Agnes of Multipulciano, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven right here on Covenant Network. In this octave of Easter, we're happy to celebrate with our good friend, Patty Schneier. Patty, good to have you with us, as always. Happy Easter, Adam. It is a joy to talk about the resurrection. Patty, every year I I think of this, and and I'm going to start with an Irish proverb. However long the day, the evening will come, which means bad times don't last forever. And that's just what we celebrated. We know, we know that the joy came with the resurrection. And that is such an important part. I love every year in the gospel reading on Easter Sunday that Mary of Magdala goes to the tomb and it was empty. What does she do? She doesn't walk. She runs. She runs. And then she gets St. Peter. And what do they do? They don't, oh, that's nice. We'll go check it out when we have some time. No, they run to the tomb. And the the joy of the resurrection is something that compels us to move. And that's what we're here to talk about today is the joy of the resurrection. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, again, when we think about life right now in our world, in our country, and of course there are so many people who are suffering, it is very easy to look down, to look down and, and see that just the, the narrow vision that we sometimes have in our own life, just to get through the next hour, to get through the next day, can be hard. I don't want to minimize that by any means, by any means. There are people who are suffering. There are people who are struggling, whether it's in a marriage or in their life. Okay, we all know that. We are praying, but, 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 there's a huge but for us as Catholics that That's not the end of the story. It never is. Christ has conquered death 
itself. The resurrection gives us hope in all things. If we but look, look to Christ, to look up to heaven, to see that know in the depth of our heart that he has conquered it and he makes all things new. So our joy has to be one of faith. It's a joy rooted in faith because it's only through faith that we can have joy, right? But we must start living this joy. We are to be an Easter people. We must show our joy to the world. And there's good news. The good news is that Jesus is alive. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's still with us. He walks with us. He gives us hope. He's taken on all the sin of the world, and he's conquered it. He's crushed it. So if that isn't good news, and if we don't start believing this to the very depth of our being, to the core of who we are, then our faith is in vain. So we want to just be able to encourage everyone to live the joy and to experience it even in the midst of hard times. You know, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances. How can we give thanks in all circumstances? Because Jesus is alive, because Jesus has conquered death, because he's given us the promise of salvation. It's huge. It's it's the whole reason for everything that we do is to experience the joy and the promise of salvation won for us by Jesus Christ through his resurrection. You know, one of my favorite saints is sometimes referred to as the Apostle of Joy, and that's St. Philip Neri. And he says, Cheerfulness strengthens the heart and makes us persevere in a good life. Wherefore, the servant of God ought always to be in good spirits. And that some days I'm like, okay, come on, St. Philip. Have you seen my day? Have it's a you challenge. seen what I'm going through today? Right. It's a you challenge. really expect me to be cheerful or joyful in this, but without the resurrection, what the suffering I might be going through in any given day might seem like it has the final word. But no matter how difficult that day is, as you said, if I have that hope that comes from the resurrection, that death does not have the final word, I can actually be cheerful and say, okay, today's hard, but it's not the end-all, be-all day of my life that determines everything. Right, exactly. So, again, I guess we would we need to pray for that faith in the resurrection in all things. Sometimes, actually, what we need to do, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm always about giving suggestions that are practical, that are just simple, that we anybody can do anywhere. This is going to sound crazy, but sometimes we need to just look up. Look up. Look up at the stars, look up at the sky, look up at the sun, look up at the clouds. You will ponder heaven, you will ponder God, you will ponder Jesus Christ up there on his throne. Look up. If you find yourself being down, if you find yourself maybe depressed, if you find yourself in a very, very hard situation today, maybe it's because you're looking down. Look up. It's a physical thing. Like take your face, take your eyes and, and just shoot them up, shoot up. And it's going to sound again, a little bit crazy. Maybe it's a little simplistic, but it, it is amazing how, when you just look up, look up, believe, look up, see, believe with eyes of faith and remember what Jesus has done. Remember that he rose from the dead for you. Remember, know, believe, Give thanks, praise, and let your heart and soul and your whole demeanor change toward the resurrection and that hope and the glory and the joy.
We started by talking about the gospel passage for Easter Sunday. One of the important things to remember is that Easter is not just a day. It's not that we have Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday, the end, we're, we're finished. Easter is a season, and as we follow the readings through the season, one of my favorite readings is the road to Emmaus. I oh, also yes. like when he appears at the seashore and they don't recognize him, and then they come in and they recognize him, and, and Jesus says, one of my favorite quotes is in John 21, I, I think verse 12, come have breakfast. Because <laughs> I, I love breakfast. But the, the point is, even in these instances, they're with him, they're with the resurrected Christ, mm. and they don't recognize him. And, and I think as we talk about the importance of having this joy, and I was chiding St. Philip just a few moments ago, you may be saying to us, Adam, Patty, that's all well and good, but I don't see it. And you know what? That happened to the apostles, too. Sometimes we have to ask the Lord to open our eyes that we might see him with eyes of faith, just as Thomas did. You know, Thomas said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands where the spear pierced his side, I won't believe. And, you know, the hope for us is that we aren't going to be like Thomas, but the reality is some days, Patty, I have my Thomas days where you might as well just call me Didymus. I'm doubting. Mm, Absolutely. All of us do. And exactly, a lot of those narratives, those resurrection gospels, are about people who are down. They they said, don't, don't you know, are you the only one that doesn't know what happened in Jerusalem? You know, they're walking away. They want to get out of Jerusalem, get out of there, right? Bad times. And, and Jesus walks along with them on the road. He's there, but they don't recognize him. And isn't that true for us? So maybe today the prayer is, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see you everywhere, everywhere today as I'm walking, as I'm sitting, as I'm at work. Let me come into the prep, come into my world with me and then just open my eyes, blow me away and let me know that it's you. You know, Patty, I don't know if you ever did this with your kids, but I do this all the time with mine that I'll know something, but I want them to figure it out on their own. So I just, I play the fool. I'm like, oh, I wonder why that is. And then they go through all their reasons and when they figure it out, their eyes are open and you see the joy on their face. That what I easily could have just told them, well, let me tell you what the answer is, or let me just do that for you. The joy of them figuring it out on their own. I wonder sometimes if our Heavenly Father and if, and if our Lord Jesus Christ don't take that same joy when they see us come to that realization that they've been wanting us to come to in our prayer lives. Friends, Easter is a season. We are just getting started. So today and each and every day, all the way up through Pentecost, and let's be honest, beyond, let us live with that joy of the resurrection. Remember, we are an Easter people, and if and we've got to let the world see that. So happy Easter, everyone. Keep celebrating. Keep spreading the joy. Let other people know. They say, why are you so happy? Well, we're in the Easter season all the way through Pentecost. That's reason to celebrate. It's reason to rejoice. Share that good news. Christ is risen. Exactly. And, you know, in this world, friends, there's so many people that just want to walk around with that curmudgeonly look on their faces. Everything is terrible. In my life, I this happened and that happened. Be that infectious joy to the world. Patty, you couldn't have shared a better reminder with us. Thank you for being here today. My pleasure. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. There are several things that I think I take for granted when I'm putting the show together. For instance, that when I show up in the morning, 
there's going to be an email in my inbox of the weather from Mike Roberts. More importantly, there's going to be an email in the board operator's inbox from Mike Roberts with the weather. And that when you and I come together, friends, on these airwaves, that we are all on the same page when it comes to prayer. You know, last week we were talking about Start the Novena for Divine Mercy, which started last week on Good Friday. And to pray every day, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. I I sort of take all of that for granted. But what we don't do then when we take these things for granted is take a deeper look into the history and the origin and, and where do these things, these great things come from. So here today, kind of bringing all of that together, not just with the weather today, but we've got Mike Roberts in the studio to talk with us about Divine Mercy and St. Faustina and our Lord. So, Mike, good to have you with us. Adam, thank you for the work you do, the service you provide to us, the vessel you are for the Holy Spirit and for having me here today, and especially to talk about Divine Mercy, because it changed my life. Well, I'm glad to hear that, because I have a feeling you're not the only one whose life has been changed by Divine Mercy. I sure hope not. All right. Well, Mike, every day... You come on and you say, here's today's weather. I'm still waiting for the golf forecast, but it's it's coming. I know this spring we're going to get to golf you weather. You give me till September. I will have this thing for you. <laughs> All right. Golf weather by September. Uh, and then you have the saying of the day for us. And it's always a, a very clear, uh, somewhat concise history of who we celebrate today in our faith. So maybe we go a little bit longer with that. What is the origin of divine mercy? And, and for that, I think we have to talk about St. Faustina. Well, you know— I think context is so important for just about everything. No, for everything, Adam. And so in in this journey with St. Faustina, which is the vessel that Jesus chooses to use to send us the message of divine mercy, you have a a Polish nun who's from a part of Poland not far from where St. Pope John Paul II is going to be coming from, not far from where St. Maximilian Kolbe is going to be uh, serving and then leaving at Auschwitz. And in that same period of time, it's fascinating, really. But in the early part of the 20th century, right around the end of World War I, that's when Jesus first starts this conversation. That's really what it is, a conversation with St. Faustina. She's at a dance, she's in her teens, and she's uh, asked her parents if she could be a nun, and they did not want her to be that. She's dancing with, with a young man at a dance with her sister, and all of a sudden, the person she's dancing with is Jesus. But not Jesus like we prefer to see him, Jesus, as he is after he's been beaten and scourged and as he's, he's bloody, and he says to her, how long will you keep putting me off? And she rushes out of the dance, goes home, packs. It, it's not right away. She leaves, and a year later, a series of things happen that allow her to enter a convent. She begins her journey as a sister. And it's from that point on that Jesus talks to her constantly in her heart, directly appearing to her, using other vessels, his own mother, her guardian angel, one of the spirits of God. It's just on St. Therese of Lisieux. These these visions she has, her guardian angel takes her to hell, to purgatory, and shows her heaven. These visions she has constantly have this one theme in mind. Jesus tells her, tell souls about my 
infinite mercy. So Jesus has her uh, paint a picture, has a picture painted through her direction. He gives her the spiritual direction of uh, Father Sapaco and Father Andres. And it, it's all so that she can keep this diary. You know, she started a diary and then lost faith in her own journey and set the thing on fire. So she had to start again. But really through the 1920s into the mid to late 1930s, just about a year before the Nazis invade Poland, she dies a year before the Nazis invade Poland, she's keeping track of all of these messages, of all of these apparitions, of all of the, all of the things the Blessed Mother says to her. But always always it's following Jesus obediently and he tells her keep track of this and there's a there's a point and I think this is really important Adam there's a point where the blessed mother appears to her and I'm going to paraphrase this although who am I to paraphrase the blessed mother but she says um, you know I, I, I feel sorry for you you're going to be held responsible for a great number of souls tell souls to appeal to my son's merciful heart while it is still the time for granting mercy because when my son returns he will not be returning as the god of mercy he will be returning as the god of justice that is a great and terrible day the angels tremble before it. so jesus gives her instruction to have this painting made then he gives her this chaplet of mercy by the way after she has a vision of the angel of wrath about to strike the earth and nothing she does will stop him from doing this and right after that she gets the chaplet of mercy and jesus is very precise about his instructions you know on the our father beads you say this prayer on the hail mary beads you say this prayer you start with the apostles creed so jesus gives us this creed through St. Faustina, and amazingly, this nun in Poland tells her superiors there's great doubt, not just from her superiors, but from the other sisters around her. She's very sick. She's constantly fighting for her own health, and ultimately, it fails, and she dies a young lady. But through all of this, from this obscure place in Poland, almost immediately— the message gets out. And before her death, they're already practicing this effort that Jesus wants to have the day after Easter Sunday be the Feast of Divine Mercy, to have this painting made, to use this chapel. So what is the ultimate message? Well, first of all, the chapel that we say that Jesus himself has given us, we use this at the bedside of the dying. We use it as uh, as, as just a daily prayer, sometimes multiple times during the day, we have this prayer that is basically a reminder that no matter what you've done, no matter how great your sins are, you can never do something that Jesus will not forgive, with the exception of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says, in fact, the greater your sins are, the more my mercy is for you. So I'm sorry this is such a long answer, Adam, but, but the gift is, and I believe this is one of the great saints of all time, and specifically St. Faustina is a saint for our time. And you think of that message that the Blessed Mother gave her, the time of mercy is coming to an end. She's talking to you and I, to all of us, right now, for this moment, and it's an all call. I don't care what you did. 
I don't care how hard COVID was for you. If you haven't been to church for a while, come on back. Come on back on, on Divine Mercy Sunday. I think this is a good place for us to stop and take a break with that very urgent message that time is coming to an end. So uh, not just here on this segment. We're going to be back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network, where we are happy to be joined in studio by Mike Roberts today. We're talking about Divine Mercy, and we're getting ready for Divine Mercy Sunday. We are in the middle of the Divine Mercy Novena. And so we want to take kind of a a little bit of a deeper look at why we pray this chaplet and why this message is so important for you and for I. Now, Mike, right before the break, you were mentioning that St. Faustina, when all of this was taking place, this is after World War I, before World War II, so not my lifetime, not your lifetime, but within a generation or two for both of us. You know, your parents... My grandparents, they would have been alive when St. Faustina was alive. And sometimes that helps put me in touch with this isn't just some you know far-off message from a fourth-century mystic who lived out in the desert on the other side of the world that I've never heard of before. This is a saint really for our times. And then right before the break as well, you were talking about the urgency of this, that the Blessed Mother in one of her apparitions to St. Faustina said that the time of mercy is coming to an end because when Jesus comes back, it's going to be a time of judgment. And you were stressing how important that is for you, for me, for all of our listeners today. And I can think of no other way to think of this sometimes, friends, than, you know, do I know if Jesus is going to come back tomorrow for the final judgment? No, I don't. But I do know this. Over the weekend, I was almost hit by a car five separate times, being very prudent, being very careful, each time thanking my guardian angel for the grace to avoid a collision. But not everybody is so lucky, and that's part of the reason I say make a frequent confession and keep a life of prayer because you don't know the hour that your life may be taken away from you. Right, Mike? You don't. And I I do think it's important to connect all of the dots, the Blessed Mother comes to Lourdes, and then the Blessed Mother comes to Fatima, and each time there's a message, I am the Immaculate Conception, confirming the dogma that just four years earlier uh, Pope Pius IX had written. And that gets us on a path of a much closer walk with the Blessed Mother. Then the Blessed Mother appears at Fatima, and she says, you know, she's warning us specifically about Russia. And not long after that, this journey begins with St. Faustina. In fact, in by the time Fatima happens, it's already started with St. Faustina. But this is a walk with St. Faustina through St. Faustina, guided by the Holy Spirit, led by Jesus. It takes us to the shelf of World War II, and it's a message for our time. Now, I don't want to lose this idea that we stay in the hope of the resurrection, Adam. You know, it's it's one thing to be aware, but it's be not afraid. We don't want to be afraid, but we are um, kidding ourselves if, if we're not paying attention to all of the details. Yeah, you know, one of the things I've heard said, and I wish I could have the source with me right now, to share with you is that at the final judgment, you know, when we die, we have our own private judgment, but then at the end of all time, there will be the, the general judgment and we will all stand before the throne of God and we will have our sins read. 
And what I have heard is that the, the soul of the saint, the one in heaven, says, yes, look at all of those sins and look at how much more powerful God's love mm-hmm. and mercy for me was. Mm-hmm. And takes pride, or not, not pride, but takes joy in the fact that God offers this mercy so freely and that that soul turned to the mercy even in spite of this perhaps long list of grave sins that they repented of, whereas the soul in hell says, yeah, don't, let's not talk about those. I'm ashamed of those. We don't even want to bring those up. I mean, one of the things Jesus says again and again and again in this diary is that, remember, my mercy is infinite. And I would also like to just say, Adam, that this diary, I have mine with me now, but this is like the fourth one I've had. And it's daunting. You find this at any Catholic bookstore for maybe 10, no more than $15. And you don't read it. It's not like grapes of wrath. You don't just speed through this. This reads your soul. Your soul kind of reads it and it's you, you, you really study it. But it's it's word for word what Jesus and all the other vessels Jesus chose to send to Saint Faustina is said. It's it's right there in front of us, including the novena that we're going through in preparation for Divine Mercy Sunday. So let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, we have been praying this novena since Good Friday. This is in addition to the Chaplet of Divine Mercy that we pray, hopefully at three p.m. Every day. That's the goal, is to pray that at 3 p.m. every day. What are we praying for in this novena that's different than our normal chaplet that we pray every day? Well, in this particular journey, and so we have the sort of standard chaplet that Jesus gives us in this particular novena, Jesus has groups of people that he wants to focus on. And that's why I would say, you know, you'll you'll get these nice pamphlets and they have some of what Jesus says, but in in the book you have, in this diary, you have the complete outline of what Jesus says in bold print, what Jesus says specifically to her. And He's, he's trying to get, in, in these nine days, groups of people that represent all of humanity, no matter what condition your soul is in. Some are religious. Some are, uh, to, today, we're, we're talking about devout souls, but we'll move through the chain to folks who have completely rejected Jesus, rejected the notion of Jesus. And, and the point always goes back to, I don't care what you did. Jesus is telling us, I really don't care what you did. My mercy, you cannot fathom. Just come on back. Just come on back. That's a beautiful thing. And it's one of those things that, you know, we might say, well, how do we come on back? And yet Jesus gave us the answer through the ministry of the church that we we have such a great sacrament of reconciliation. It's hard because that takes humility. Yeah, you know, and, and and I think I get a. The more I struggle with my pride, the more I realize what a great sin that is. And uh, sure, you can have a deathbed conversion, but it has to be a true conversion. And if your pride isn't going to let you fully um, commit to this conversion, where's that going to lead you? I, I guess my point is. Uh, and that's this is something else that, that Blessed Mother says to St. Faustina. There are three things I value most. Humility, humility, 
I say again humility, prayer, and love of God. So it's humility, prayer, and love of God, but she says humility three times. What else can we derive from the journey of Jesus? There are so many things, infinite number of things, but one of them, maybe leading all of it, is humility. He could come anytime he wants. He comes as a baby. He could come under any circumstances. He comes to us in a manger, surrounded by all the things that animals do and <laughs> and smell like. So our God is a humble God, and how do we receive him? In, in the form of a wafer. He comes into my dirty little temple that way. It's, so humility is required for this journey, and you don't have to get there today. You know, that's—I will, I will also say this, Adam. The Lord, through the Holy Spirit, has given us one heck of a process— from daily Mass to confession to the seven sacraments to the Feast of Divine Mercy— so we have a process, and if we're loyal to the process, you know, let's just say you're completely out of shape and you want to get in shape. You're not going to do that on the first day. You participate in the process. So I would say if you've missed some or all of the novena, jump on board. And if you don't get to it and you're wandering around on Saturday thinking, oh, that's too late. It's not too late. Come on Sunday and let the Holy Spirit and Jesus figure the rest out for you. Perhaps you've been away from the church for a while, and for some reason, through some grace, you're tuned in to this radio interview today. Well, then come on Sunday. Come come on back. And I know it's difficult to make that, that confession, especially after a long time, but I know this. I, I have yet to meet a priest who says, what do you mean you've been away for so long? No, they say, well, let's let's get you back here. You know, there's, there's – uh this great journey, 33 Days to Morning Glory with Father Michael Gately, where you consecrate yourself to the uh, Blessed Mother. And he has St. Pope John Paul II guidance in there, St. Louis de Montfort. Uh, he also has this wonderful section with St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And he starts with a letter that she wrote to her sisters. And there's a part of it, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but the letter is called I Thirst. It's written after a, a letter that St. Pope John Paul II wrote called I Thirst. But she says to her, now these are sisters that are with her in Calcutta, who've left everything behind to serve the poorest of the poorest of the poor, maybe historically the most poor people in the history of the planet. And yet she's saying, I know that you love Jesus. I know that you sit with him in the chapel but do you know how much he misses you when you don't come near? How much he, he wants to be with you? How much he'll forgive you when even you yourself don't forgive yourself? Until you can hear Jesus speaking in the silence of your own heart, you will not recognize him in the faces of the poor. What my takeaway with those words is that um, this relationship we have with Jesus is so accepting, we really can't fathom it, but it's personal. That's your own personal Jesus who's calling you to come on Sunday. Sad to say we are out of time, but I think that's a great place to end this interview is to say come on Sunday. No matter the circumstance, no matter what's been going on in your life, if, if ever there was a Sunday to come back to the church this is that Sunday. If you find yourself saying, I'm not worthy, 
Guess what? You're not. None of us are. <laughs> yeah, myself included. Uh, friends, for more on the Divine Mercy Novena, well, stay tuned to Covenant Network. We're praying it every day here at 3 p.m. along with the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And be sure to check out your local diocesan uh, website and media accounts. I know there are a lot of parishes that are going to be having special prayer events, masses, confessions, adoration, public recitation of the Novena, of the Chaplet, so on and so forth. This coming Sunday, um, there's so many we can't list them all right now. But be sure to check what's going on around you, and perhaps it might be a good time to visit a special place in your diocese that you haven't been to in a while. Use this as an excuse to go on a little mini pilgrimage and pick uh, up a diary. And pick up a diary. You know, ten to fifteen dollars. It's a good investment. Mike, I can't thank you enough for being with us today to talk about Divine Mercy. Well, thank you, Adam, and thanks for all the work you do and, the, and like I say, the vessel you are for the Holy Spirit. Oh, you're, you're too kind. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this. It's Wednesday. It's time for a daily dose of encouragement in this octave of Easter. Here with us is Patty Schneier. Patty, happy Easter to you. Happy Easter. And we're continuing talking about Easter joy and hope. In a world that right now might be struggling or people might be close to us might be struggling with some very, very real, real trials of life. But we want to be that voice of hope and encouragement to others. So how can we do that? I talked about how we sometimes have to turn the conversation around if people are complaining and grumbling and just say, yeah, but don't forget. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Or maybe you help someone look up and point to heaven and encourage that person that God is in control. Today, I want to share a quote from Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It says, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So hope does not disappoint. Why do we have hope? Because God loved us so much, because he became man, because he suffered, died, and rose from the dead. But it's because he's chosen us and adopted us. And my favorite expression, of course, related to this is that not only has he adopted us, but he wants to marry us. He wants us to be one with him forever in heaven. So when we have the hope of heaven, hope does not disappoint. No matter what this earth may throw at us, no matter what we may have to endure during our lifetime, remember... It's one of my favorite quotes of my pastor, Father Mike Murphy. This earth, our earthly existence, is the roadside motel on the way to the dream vacation. Hope does not disappoint. The dream vacation awaits us. Think about that today and spread hope. I love that analogy, Patty, and I love this message of hope for this daily dose of encouragement. Thank you so much. Well, that's our show for today, and I hope you're inspired, and I hope that you're saying, I will start that Divine Mercy Novena if I haven't already. You know, it, it's amazing um, the things we learn, and it's it's one of those things that Divine Mercy, you know, we say it's private revelation um, that our Lord appeared to St. Faustina, and yet that's her witness she offers the world. And how much her witness has changed the church and changed our prayer. Um, you know, St. John Paul II, one of my favorite saints, fostered a great devotion to St. Faustina. 
And to me, that that's John Paul II saying, Adam, pay attention to what St. Faustina has to say. And I pay attention to what St. John Paul II had to say. So I'm going to pay attention to what St. Faustina had to say. And I, I mention this not just to say, friends, listeners out there, please uh, give heed to the message of St. Faustina, the message of divine mercy that our Lord offers, but also to remind us that we're called to witness too, and especially in this day and age. I, You know, we go to the old cathedral, and we went there for the Easter vigil. I mentioned at the top of the show, we just said we're going to hunker down, we're going to take the kids, whether they're tired, whether or not, we're going to go. And we were very graced to have Bishop Rivetuso celebrate the Easter vigil, and one of the key points of his homily was that you and I are called to go out and offer witness to the world. And it's a reminder that I share with you, but it's a reminder I need to hear. And it's a reminder I need to hear when I'm not on the radio waves. It's a reminder I need to hear when I'm out with my friends and with my neighbors. You don't know. You're a witness. You may not be a theologian. You may not be a catechist. You may not be a scripture professor. You may just be someone who loves Jesus. But if you share why you love Jesus and why you love our Lord and why you're Catholic, and if you share that with your friends and with your neighbors— when the opportunity arises. You never know. One of them might say, you know, I don't know why, Adam, he keeps telling me why he loves Jesus, and, and I don't know, I, I don't know, but I know that he's happy, and I know he's joyful, and I want to be happy, and I want to be joyful, and I want what he's got. So share your witness with the world. And don't forget to practice the devotion to divine mercy. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'll be back with you Friday morning. We've got the Roadmap Roundup. Ben Grijalva is going to be with us. I believe Chris Haran's going to be here as well, and Tim Lucchese. I'm looking forward to that one. We'll be talking about Easter. In the meantime, I want to thank Mike Roberts for taking such a great amount of time with us today, and Patty Schneier as well. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Happy Easter, and don't forget to pray your rosary today.